You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Today's episode is all about life skills to teach, model, and practice with your mentee. And these are the foundational life skills that will help them develop competencies in every area of life. They are take responsibility, be humble, build integrity, be a leader, and give respect. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the podcast, leave us a review, and share it with someone you think would benefit from the content. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Steven. I'm here with Beth Winter. How are you doing, Beth? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, guys, I want to apologize for my tasteless joke <laughs> at the beginning of the last episode. I mean, it was like it was like my joke got COVID. Mm. It was so tasteless. Wow. That joke you just did might be worse <laughs> than the original one. <laughs> Today's episode is about life skills, but when you think about life skills... What comes to mind? Probably how to tie a tie. That seems like a life skill I should teach. How to shake a hand. Mm-hmm. How to fix a toilet. Doing laundry. Do the laundry. I mean, fixing a toilet is a skill that you will probably use maybe five times ever. I don't know. Why Depends on how big your family is, I feel like. Yeah, or, I mean, how big your turds are. Okay, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> but... Thinking about life skills, it's like we should be teaching the skills that are used every single day, Mm -hmm. actual things that they'll use in their life. It's like the kids that go to school and they're like, we're never going to use these multiplication tables. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And I think a lot of life skills that we teach, though they can be practical and helpful, are we making the main things the main things? Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about today. And I want to cast a vision for you that... Life skills, really, I, I, I want you to see that life skills aren't necessarily tying a tie. Life skills are the foundational skills that help you to learn how to tie a tie. So here, here's my definition for you. Life skills are the gateway skills that will help your mentee fulfill their potential. Mm. They will help them develop competencies in every area of their life. When I want you to, when when you think about life skills, I want you to think about character over practical tying a tie, yeah. fixing changing a tire, yeah. those things. Those are helpful, mm-hmm. but their character supersedes all of those things because if you have no character, you're not going to be successful. Right. Yeah. And I, right behind you, Beth, is a, a sign that says, watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Whoa. I don't know if that's in the Bible, <laughs> but I would say that that... that well, let, me, let me read a scripture about character real quick. Okay, check this out. This is Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Mm. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. I think it's important to see that the process of character building is through suffering, challenge, endurance, Mm -hmm. And then character is what produces hope. Hope is like the fuel of life. Mm-hmm. I would say if you if you don't have hope, you probably don't have motivation. Yeah. Hebrews says that hope, we have this hope as an anchor of our souls. Yeah. That this hope is not just in in ourselves, but it's in God. How God has designed the human spirit is walking through suffering, learning to endure, building character, leading to hope. Mm-hmm. And as a mentor, you're coming in to that, I would say, the endurance portion of learning how to help a child endure Mm -hmm. so that they could build character. So life skills happen in that endurance phase. And so walking through those challenges and helping to develop character is the point of our life skills activities. Mm. Focusing on the foundation. We're working on roots, Mm -hmm. not branches or leaves. Yeah. It's like you're not necessarily guaranteed to be in your mentee's life, their whole life. But if you can lay the foundation when when there comes a time when maybe you're not around to teach your mentee a specific skill, if they have the, the character of knowing, like, I can press through this hardship because I learned how to be resilient, then you don't have to check off everything on the list of skills you need to have a successful life because you have taught your mentee how to have the character of an overcomer, how to have the character of taking initiative to do hard things. And so you're investing so much more. It's leverage. It's Mm -hmm. leverage for your mentee. Yeah. And I will say to anyone who's thinking right now, well, hey, I think you're wrong. I think learning how to shake a hand or how to change a tire is like a vital skill for a kid these days. And I would say that teaching those skills is a vehicle to really teaching life skills. Yeah. Like they, they may be skills, but the life skill is the learning, like the, the willingness to learn, the willingness to grow, the willingness to lead the, and, and all of, all of the things that make learning that skill possible. Mm -hmm. And so when you do those things, you're actually developing their life skills by, helping them learn how to respect you as you're talking. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get into our, our kind of five practicals for life skills activities. But I think one of the reasons that, that we focus on those practical skills is that they're just a lot easier to teach. Yeah, It's a lot easier to come up with a process and a plan for how to change a tire. There's, yeah. there's 10 steps mm-hmm. and you do them sequentially and then you've learned it. Yeah. And now just practice it. Yeah, well, and since you are in this kid's life, a kid can get on the internet and learn how to change a tire. But what is something harder that you really need somebody face-to-face to to teach you how to do? What are some of those things that we can really teach our kids and invest in them that maybe you can't just get on a Wikipedia article and learn how to do? Yeah, that's good. Okay, before we get into the practicals, let's just talk about barriers to learning these foundational life skills, which real quick, I'll, I'll just mention what they are or what we believe they are. So these are the practical life skills that we believe every mentor should be teaching, modeling, 
and practicing with their mentees. Number one, take responsibility. Number two, be humble. Number three, build integrity. Number four, be a leader. And number five, give respect. I believe that those are the foundational life skills that will enable a child to succeed in all of life. And so what are the barriers to developing these life skills? There are some barriers that are just personal, internal barriers of a child, and then others are external. They're more, they're in either their environment or they're, they're kind of like systemic issues that a child may face in life that it's preventing them from developing these skills. So one I can think of is just, you may have a family norm that's different than these skills that prevents you from growing in them. What's an example of this? What I have seen is it's not necessarily that families would disagree that like taking responsibility, I don't think many people are going to say taking responsibility is a bad thing. But I think what I have seen is in poverty culture and from our kids from hard places, it's more a maybe trying to stop the behavior that you don't want versus teaching what you want to replace it with. And so instead of talking about taking responsibility, it's stop being lazy or Mm. so it's more focusing on the thing you want them to stop doing, but then not teaching them what it is that you want them to start doing. And so I think maybe just some of that long-term planning, the short-term is this behavior, I want it to stop right now, so stop being lazy. But the long-term future planning is what can I do to teach my kid, to teach my mentee how to replace that with a positive. That's it. That's definitely a better way to put it. So the personal barrier is a child who may view life through the lens of all these things I shouldn't do, right? not actually being given vision of what I should do. Mm-hmm. And that the way these skills are framed is that this is the vision for what to do, not yeah. don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. I think, I think that's really powerful. Another barrier, confidence. Mm-hmm confidence. I don't know why I'm saying confidence (laughs) like that. Confidence is a huge, a huge barrier for a child's development because if if you lack confidence, you're going to take less risks. You're going to choose the lowest common denominator in every situation. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to put yourself out there. If you lack confidence, you're not going to grow. And, and so, I mean, what leads to a lack of confidence? Do you have voices in your life calling you into a vision, calling you into calling you into confidence? Yeah. I feel like confidence isn't something that just inherently Mm-mm. you have in yourself, but it's confidence comes from someone believing in you. Yeah, speaking identity over you. Mm-hmm. And so if if you don't have key people calling you into confidence and the fullness of who you are, you're going to wallow in not only the uncertainty of who you are, but you're not going to excel mm. in everything you were made for. Yeah. An- another one, a lack of clarity on the benefits of these life skills. If I take responsibility, what do I actually get Yeah. from doing that? It sounds like I'm just going to lose a bunch of stuff. Because mm-hmm. if I take responsibility, that means I'm owning up to a failure. And so people are going to see me as a failure or this view of these skills 
maybe taking something from me, not actually giving me something. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a that's a barrier. That's just a learning barrier of recognizing what are the benefits to these life skills? What are the benefits of integrity? Right. Of me like building integrity. Does a kid actually know what the word integrity means? Mm, not if you don't teach them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> Us drawing out those benefits that won't necessarily be something that you receive in the moment or in the short term, but these long-term benefits that come from growing in these developmental skills, we have to to show them why mm-hmm. why these things are important, not just say they're important. Yeah. Yeah, I think another one, another barrier is I have just seen a lot of kids almost feel like it's too late for them to change who they are, or change their character, improve it. I remember a conversation I had with a kid who he was having an issue bullying another kid. We're talking about it in the hallway, and I asked him kind of like, does he have a vision for who he wants to be? And he said, well, this is not who I want to be. I don't want to be known for being mean. I don't want to be known for being a bully. I wish I could be known for being kind. But when the people look at me, they just see a future gang member. That's all they see. And this kid was 11. And so I think I am always humbled in just my need to understand that the things going on in these kids' minds, it might not just be, oh, this kid would rather play outside than, and like, he wants to do fun stuff. He doesn't want to build character he you know I could name all these things but really some of these kids the things that are going on in their mind is society has already given up on me my teachers have already given up on me like there is no hope for me and that's what's going on in their mind and so I think recognizing that and addressing that and just letting a kid know and actually like speaking it over them that it is not too late and you can become the person that you want to be and I'm going to help you get there I think is like a huge barrier to overcome you're always going to be developing life skills and we have to, in the same way, we have to endure. And as we build life skills in the kids that we mentor, we're building character. We're showing they're worth the investment. We're showing that, hey, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to help you become mm-hmm. become this. And it's not, it's not just the, okay, the one and done kind of mentoring where... Yeah. I just teach you a skill and then we move on. So it's like taking responsibility is not just a lesson mm-hmm. that you give and then you walk to yeah. the next one. These are these are things that we continually come back to and walk with and don't give up on. Mm-hmm. Because if we give up on them, we're giving up on them, if right. that makes sense. Right. So uh, other barriers, external barriers. So something I thought of was that our last conversation was about how to present yourself for a job interview and not show up in a a, a wife beater <laughs> and holes in your jeans yeah. like the kid in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. When when it comes to getting a job, everyone knows there are there are skills that you will learn at the job that you don't have currently. Mm-hmm. Case in point, you go to work at Chick Fil A. They're going to teach you how to say my pleasure. Right. They're going to teach you how how much customer service matters to them. Mm -hmm. But in the Chick-fil-A interview, they're looking for core competencies that you already have that make you a good fit for the job. And so this is a huge barrier Mm -hmm. if if on, on the outset of getting your first job, you have no reps in growing 
in these life skills, yeah, you're really set at a disadvantage when you show up to that interview. And so really there are foundational competencies that will help you get a job and then learn more competencies from the job that you receive. And that just, that cycle goes all throughout your life Mm -hmm. that what you've learned up to this point allows you to go to the next level to learn more skills and all of the skills that you've attained, you take into your next position. They build upon one another. And so that's, that's why when a kid maybe is applying for a full-time position Mm -hmm. on their list. They say, I used to work at Chick-fil-A. And that means something because everyone knows the culture, the competencies, the things that come with working at Chick-fil-A. And and so our our hope is to be that first step, building the foundation, Mm. which a a lot of kids don't have. Mm -hmm. Another barrier is like in school and in relationships, there's some natural incentives that motivate kids to care about learning things, to care about getting good grades or um, learning social skills to make friendships. Some of those aren't as clear with character, but like with a kid in school, it's easy for a kid to be motivated enough to get good grades to just keep up with his classmates. There's shame attached to being the worst in your class, having the lowest grades. There's, you know, a kid in our program who, when COVID happened last year, he fell so far behind in his grades that he got held back. He was supposed to move on to junior high with the rest of his friends, and he got held back to sixth grade. And so he's in a completely different program now than his best friends. And it was so hard for him and just took a huge confidence blow there. But So that's like an easy indicator, an easy goal of, oh, I want to care about this because I want to be back with my friends. I want to not be the kid in the class who got the worst score on the test every single time. But with character, sometimes it's hard to convince a kid that this matters, especially when it's not something that's necessarily going to impact them today, but is something that's going to impact them way off in the future when they're employed, when they're fathers, when they're husbands, and they're like, I don't have to worry about that today. (laughs) So I think, again, that the incentive of what's something that we can help our kids understand why this matters. And, and there's a battle happening because in school relationships, you're looking to belong. And so possibly what it looks like to belong is not having good character. Mm, It's being a bully, being mean, saying I mean, derogatory things and trying to be cool. Yeah. And so that that can be a barrier to developing because you're like, I want to belong. Mm-hmm. And how to belong is this way while developing character and these life skills that will set me up for success are a different way. Yeah. And so that will completely disconnect you from some of those relationships that you're seeking. Even if they're not healthy, mm-hmm. you still want to belong. Yeah. And I think that's a that can be a huge disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, just even like knowing like some of our kids they they may need the life skill of knowing how to fight. Like they may not need it at school, but they may need it at home. And so for them to feel like I don't understand the rules my rules at home are different than the rules I have to follow at school, the rules that I have to follow when I'm with my mentee or my mentor. And so even just helping them understand 
the the life skills that in the long term are going to impact them for the for the most benefit and that there may be some short-term suffering from mm-hmm. choosing those things over the temporary what feels like they need for survival of learning how to fight or fit in or be the class clown to make friends to have a social standing things like that and that's really hard for a kid yeah mentors function in the gray and i think that can be difficult sometimes because uh, probably the huge barrier is like we're setting these high standards because of the knowledge of if you do these things it will go well with you it's Mm -hmm. kind of like in the bible it's like do this 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 and this and it will go well with you yeah if you don't do it right you know what's coming yeah like you reap what you sow we have to discern how to meet kids where they're at and not just pile on all of all of these principles and and ways for them to change and expect this night and day kind of transformation Mm -hmm. and maybe even the kid will expect that as well and lose confidence because he's not growing as much Mm. and so really for for mentors recognizing this is the slow the slow getting on the plow and working Mm -hmm. and developing and enduring and building character Mm -hmm. doesn't happen overnight yeah and so I mean, a barrier can can be really our own expectations totally. of how kids receive what we teach, mm-hmm. and that those expectations can shut a kid down. Yeah, and so recognize that your the expectations of a mentor are very powerful, either either to build up or to tear down, mm. which that's that's hard and it's complicated. It's gray Mm -hmm. because we are wanting to cast a high vision while at the same time be gracious and understanding and willing to go through a process that Mm -hmm. doesn't look very beautiful. Yeah. It's messy, but it may not look beautiful, but it is beautiful Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the practicals. Ooh. P R A C T I C A L S. (laughs) (laughs) Did I spell that right? I hope I did. Okay, these are the practical life skills, the foundational competencies that will help kids develop in all of life. We want you to teach these, model these, and practice these with your mentee. And so teaching is one thing, modeling is another. Mm -hmm. These have to be represented within your own life. And so that's a challenge for mentors. Totally. But then also practicing these. And so don't, don't teach these model them, and then check the box. Make sure that the kid you're mentoring is practicing these in some way. So find find a practical way to practice them. Mm-hmm. Number one, take responsibility. My favorite. Really? Yeah, responsibility oh, is my number finder. one on strengths finders. That is great. I've heard that that strength is like the most influential of, of the strengths finders things. I do feel like it runs my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, from... From, I mean, from the one who knows the importance, the vitality, the priority of responsibility, Mm. please, Beth, tell us practicals of taking responsibility. I just think that when I think about taking responsibility, what does that person look like? What do people think of when they see somebody who takes responsibility? I am picturing someone who messes up, but then is trustworthy to to own up to that 
but really is trustworthy to, for the most part, do the right thing. Like if I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. and you don't have to check up on me. I'm going to get it done. And so I think with teaching our kids how to do that, there's value in letting a kid accept the consequence of when he messes up, when he fails to show up on time, when he fails to do his homework, something that he is responsible for, letting him kind of see what that feels like to take responsibility for the consequence of of not meeting something that he said he would do. Does that make sense? Yeah, like ownership. Yes, ownership. And that's, I mean, that's a good concept to think of. Ownership is learning how to take responsibility for your actions, your yeah. thoughts, which is very hard to do as a child as well as an adult. Yeah. And so how many of us will blame external things for our own failings right. and play the blame game, Yeah. which I'm always playing the blame game, and that's that's a failure on my end. But, I mean, this morning I was going to meet up with my mentee, 8 o'clock, meet here. Breakfast tacos, coffee, let's go. Amazing. He he didn't wake up. And so when he texted me, he said, sorry, my alarm didn't go off. Mm. And, and so now he is explaining what happened, but also within doing that, he's not not taking personal responsibility for it. He's putting blame on, well, my alarm didn't, my alarm didn't do what, it didn't do its job. <laughs> I was planning. <laughs> I was ready to go. Like my mom, I was dreaming about mm-hmm. this mentor interaction, mm-hmm. but my, my alarm clock. Sorry, man. Yeah. And so I, I texted him back. I was like, well, I'm here. The tacos are here. Get here. <laughs> and he said, okay, but I got to take a shower. Mm. And so he ended up taking a shower and coming and we met for like five minutes and I I just told him, I was like, hey, we were going to spend this much time together, but now we only get to spend five minutes together. So just know, like, it's important next yeah. week. Show up on time. Take responsibility. And he was like, you're right. Yeah. And that's a good conversation for us to a- have. Yeah. Because if I don't have that conversation, I can enable him into this mindset of excuses mm-hmm. and playing the blame game mm-hmm. about the things that he should be responsible for. Yeah. And now he's good. in high school. He's not in kindergarten. Yeah. And so it, it's a little different. Yeah. I would say the younger kids, the things I see us having the most conversations with at our program about responsibility is taking responsibility for your emotions and how you respond to things that are upsetting. Kind of owning your attitude, owning your influence of the room. Um, so just teaching your kid how to feel the hard feelings of anger or sadness but how can I still take responsibility for you know that other person who may have done something to upset you is not in control of your emotions you are and so you have to take responsibility for for how you reacted when something made you angry that's a huge thing to teach to kids Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of adults out there who do not know how to do that and are still you know causing havoc and chaos whenever something upsets them because they they have not learned how to take responsibility for their own emotions. And um, when something goes awry, it's blame everyone else yeah. and um, cause a lot of conflict, a lot of chaos, and really not being able to see how they could handle the situation better and where their fault in that is. Yeah, that's good. 
Jesus is the perfect everything. The perfect everything, <laughs> yes. But when it comes to taking responsibility, I, I think we can we can sit on taking personal responsibility. What Jesus does is he takes responsibility for sin, the world, the judgment that's been placed upon us. He takes responsibility for it. Jesus's act in the gospel is taking responsibility for us mm-hmm. in love. And so I, I think that's the progression. We learn to take responsibility for our own actions and thoughts that enables us and empowers us to get to a place where we can start taking responsibility for others. And mm-hmm. so the whole idea of neighborly love, of mm-hmm. taking care of your family, of of taking on responsibility, like caring for a dog. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. Yes. And so you, you're taking that responsibility on yourself in everything that you're doing. And so the fullness of that is what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And so we have to to grow in personal responsibility so that we can take on more responsibility. And in college ministry, I'm sure you talked about this, but like in terms of responsibilities that a college student has, you're only going to grow in more and more responsibility as you get older. Yes. And, and so taking responsibility is, is the process of choosing to work harder. Mm-hmm. Choosing to own, take more ownership and steward more things in, in honoring God with, with the way that you're stewarding them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that this is a huge place to grow. And so mm-hmm. maybe mentor, identify where's an area your, your mentee can take more personal responsibility, but maybe what's something else that they can start taking responsibility for. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. learning how to do that is is impactful. The mm-hmm. internal responsibility as well as external. Mm-hmm. Who's someone they can take responsibility for? Yeah, that's good. Another practical in this is just setting goals. I mean, that's a great way to take responsibility for the dreams and the desires that are in your heart is a mentor can help their mentee set a goal and take action. Mm-hmm. And so goal setting is a huge skill that enables you to become more responsible yep. because you're taking your wish or your dream and you're making it actionable and you're making a plan. And so if you're in a mentor relationship, I'd encourage you to ask your mentee, what's something they want to achieve? Mm -hmm. Why is that important to them? When do they want to achieve it by? Mm -hmm. How will they get it done? And then to write it all down. We listened to that Craig Rochelle podcast that was like, Mm -hmm. you are 78% more likely to do something if you write it down and you tell someone about it. Yeah. That's a that's a great way to mentor. Yeah. Okay. That's an easy practical. Very practical. Write it down. Have them verbally say it to you. That's good. And and when it comes to appointments and missing things, I mean, I would just say the very practical thing is to say something about it. Yeah. Don't just shove it under the rug and say, oh, don't worry about it. No worries. Mm-hmm. I am the biggest failure when it comes to typing out no worries in a text message. <laughs> That text message should be banned. I should I should lose text. Th- I should be censored mm. by Twitter, by all of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. But saying no worries doesn't help anybody. No. If anything, it's a lie mm-hmm. because I'm still affected. It, it's essentially me saying I'm not affected by your decision to not respect me or mm-hmm. care for my time. And so if I'm saying that, then I'm saying mm-hmm. you don't value me. Yeah. And so... 
if if you're in a position where you keep saying no worries, just quit it. <laughs> don't don't say that anymore. Yeah. Is that okay? Can I say that? I would agree with that because you know, even in simple things like if you were continuously late to work and your boss just kept saying no, no worries. worries, it's like you're not becoming better for anyone. You're dragging your team down and at some point in the process somebody needs to sit you down and say, "Hey, this is worrying. Yes. <laughs> this is not okay. And so what you're teaching your mentee is when someone does that to them, they're going to text, no worries. Yeah. And they deserve more respect than that. And so do you. Amen. Okay, number two, be humble. Mm. Be humble. What? I mean, that, that verse in James, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Okay. We should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yes. And and so what what's a practical way to be humble? Well, I mean, it, it's it's like putting others' interests in front of your own, learning how to recognize how much we live life to serve ourselves mm. and not to serve others. And so we I'm not I'm not saying we can't think of ourselves, but we think too highly of ourselves sometimes. Mm. And getting out of the mentality of life is all about me is is I think the act of becoming more humble. Mm-hmm. And so a a primary place that I think humility is needed is in conflict. Yeah. So when when you're in conflict, if you're not humble, it's a lot easier for you to dismiss what someone else is saying. Mm-hmm. You're not listening, you're only thinking about your own perception. You're not entering into an empathic way of understanding and perceiving what someone else's experience is. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do this? Well, I think a very practical way to show humility is as a mentor, you're an older man who's giving your attention to someone younger than you. Mm-hmm. And so even in that very act, there's humility required for you to treat them even as an equal. Yeah. And, and the very act of doing that is modeling humility yeah. to them. You're not taking the role of mentor as a hierarchy. You're taking it as, let me raise you up. Let me, let me put you on my shoulders mm-hmm. and get under you to serve you. It's like how Jesus, who is the king of the universe, gets down on bended knee and washes his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. A great act of humility. Once again, Jesus for the win. <laughs> and so how can you do that as a mentor, not just embrace this hierarchical structure of the mentor relationship, which does exist, while at the same time, how can you get down on their level mm-hmm. and model humility for mm-hmm. them? Yeah, humility to me is just so huge. Like I've even started whenever I interview people to work here at Forerunner Mentoring, I basically tell them if if they cannot apologize to a child then this is not the job for them because we make mistakes and so I think teaching like mentors job a mentor's job is to teach a kid how to grow up and be the man or woman they're supposed to be and so part of that is modeling all of these things and if you can't model humility when you mess up and maybe assume something about your kid that's wrong or um, respond to something in a way that's too harsh maybe where are they going to learn that humility from if if you, they can't learn it from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if if you miss their birthday, you can say happy belated birthday. Yeah. But 
you can also apologize for mm. missing their birthday. Yeah. And that's okay. Or maybe you thought they were 11, but they're actually 10. <laughs> you you can just skirt things under the rug as much as you want. Mm-hmm. But if you address it, I think it can be more meaningful mm-hmm. when you express humility. That's they're able to express it as well. Yeah. And so I think anytime you're trying to help a boy resolve conflict, I think you can talk about humility. What does it take for you to understand how this other person is feeling? Mm-hmm. And so perspective taking is is a very practical thing. How do you think that made them feel? Yeah. What do you think they, h- how did they experience that situation? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, helping kids in our program understand that when they punch some kid, how do you think that made them feel? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it probably hurt. Mm-hmm. That's a great way for them to grow in humility is in understanding, mm-hmm. understanding how others are experiencing them and the world. Mm-hmm. Number three, build integrity. Yeah. Huge. I mean, this goes back to what you said about responsibility, but being a man of your word or a woman of your word. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny how that's a very gender genderized phrase? What isn't? <laughs> be a man of your word Mm. and so building integrity i think building is a cool word here it's like we're growing a reputation yes Mm -hmm. and that reputation matters Mm -hmm. how others are experiencing me matters Mm -hmm. if if i'm being a man of my word that means people are going to trust me if people trust me they will entrust me with more of their of their personal life of personal responsibility Mm -hmm. and and so integrity is huge. I mean, yeah. it's like Zach wouldn't have hired us if he didn't have an ability to trust us. Mm-hmm. But as we've been faithful to do our jobs, he trusts us more and he yeah. gives us more to do, mm-hmm. like this podcast. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and so r- recognizing how your actions matter in the future. Yeah. Your actions today are affecting your future. Yeah. And that's... That's what we're building for, building integrity. Mm -hmm. Other ways to build integrity, playing fair. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it goes back to the short-term, long-term play, but like if I'm wanting today to have all of the things and -hmm. and win, but I'm, I'm discounting relationships and I'm running people over, that's affecting the way they're going to treat me tomorrow Mm -hmm. and in the future. And Mm -hmm. so, recognizing how much my actions today are affecting affecting the future mm-hmm. is really important. And so if if you see your mentee not playing fair with other other kids that are around yeah. or the the need is to address it and recognize how that that mm-hmm. what future is that leading to. Yeah. Well, and such a big thing with integrity is like what we teach our kids at our program is integrity is doing the right thing even when no one's looking. And so we do a lot of do-overs as like a redirection when we see a kid do something that isn't the right way of doing it. We make him stop and redo it the right way so that he's learning the behavior or the action that we want. And by making him stop and redo it, it's, it is teaching him how to build integrity of doing the right thing. And eventually we're going to get to a place we will do it <laughs> where, where the kids they don't need me to stop them in the hallway and say, hey, can you try that again? Let's try walking down the hallway instead of running. 
eventually I don't have to be in the hallway every single time because they're going to do the right thing. Yeah. And integrity is not, integrity is not always being right, but it's owning up to not being right. Yeah. And being honest. Yeah. Honesty is like, I think a, a primary thing of, I, I keep mentioning Craig Rochelle, but one of the <laughs> things he says is that no one wants to follow a leader who's always, who's always right. They want to follow a leader who's always real. Yeah. And so if, if you're real, that builds integrity. Mm -hmm. If you're just right, like that may not actually be enough for, for you because really none of us are all right. There's always something wrong. And are we honest with ourselves and are we sharing about those areas? And I think it's like being integrous Mm -hmm. is, it's like being the same internal and external. Mm -hmm. And so what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. Like, Am I being truthful about who I am? Who I am, yeah. or am I putting on a front? Yeah. Is this a mask? Mm-hmm. Am I lying to you? Yeah, about who I am. Yeah, and at, for kids, we're we're in the gray where we're teaching them who they are mm-hmm. while helping them to not put on masks of mm-hmm. of this appearance of things being otherwise, mm-hmm. and and so helping kids grow in being the same internally as they are externally mm-hmm. or how you said it being the same when no one's watching mm-hmm. versus when everyone's watching. Yeah. Which we all have that conflict mm-hmm. because when we're around other people, you can turn it on mm-hmm. and your mentee is going to notice that you do that. Yeah. If you're a different person when you're with them, but when you're with your family or whatever context you're in, you're a yeah. different person really building integrity is learning how to be the same person no matter where you're at. Mm. And uh, I think that's really valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like a practical thing to just think of as mentors is helping the kid that you're mentoring feel like you are a safe person for them to, to just show up as they are. Because like if my response to a kid coming and telling me that he's messed up in something and him showing integrity by being honest with me about it, if my response to that is shaming or isolating, it shuts down that safe place for him to ever be real with me again because he's going to think, I need to hide those parts of who I am because that's not okay. That's not acceptable. She didn't want to see that. She didn't want to hear that. And so I think being a safe place in how we respond when our kids do own up to something they need to have um, integrity for. It's awesome. Number four, be a leader. Being a leader is not always fun. No. <laughs> doing doing the hard thing, and 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 maybe this is the thing most leaders probably experience, going in a direction that maybe other people are less willing to go, and so like our example of wanting to fit in. Yeah. The comparison is like fitting in versus leading others like into into the truth, mm-hmm. and so. It's, it's a lot easier just to fit in and to find belonging here than being a leader, doing the hard thing. But being a leader is also inviting other people into the direction that you're going. Yeah. And so I think being a leader is a mindset. Mm-hmm. It's like, what what is being a leader like in this moment mm-hmm. right now? And it's helpful to help kids recognize how their actions are affecting and influencing other people. Yeah. And so... If you 
see your mentee do something and then recognize or, or ask them, hey, why did you why did you do that? And they may say something like, Whoa, that's that's just what my friends do. Mm. It's like, oh, okay. So they're leading you in doing this. What are you leading people mm-hmm. to do? And I, I think that it's helpful to make those connections of like, I am an influencer. Yeah. I am I can change the room that I'm in yes. by the way that I act and respond. Mm-hmm. It's what we do with our fifth and sixth graders in our program mm-hmm. is telling them, Hey, you're a leader. You're setting the tone for other kids in the program for the from the way that you respect and and follow the rules and yeah. participate. And I I think that getting the leadership mindset into the kid you're mentoring mm-hmm. helps them to think critically yeah, and engage parts of their mind that maybe are unwilling to recognize how much they can influence other people. Yeah. I think it's especially crucial to tell kids that they are leaders who are having behavior issues because like in our program, our after school program, you can walk into a classroom and immediately know who is, who has control of the room, like which kid has the most influence with his peers. And one kid being absent one day can totally change the classroom culture because of how much influence there is. And so we recognize that and we we specifically like pull kids aside and have that conversation with them of, do you know like how much influence you have on the room? When you walk in, everyone wants to model what you're doing. And like there is, you have so much power, which is something a kid wants, Mm -hmm. Um, especially a kid from a hard place who maybe feels like they don't have much and they crave that control. There's just a lot of opportunity there to speak into a kid that you are a leader already, but what kind of leader are you going to be? And, and this mentors are leaders in themselves, Mm -hmm. but the best leaders are always calling others to be leaders. Yeah. The worst leaders are the ones that are like, everybody follow me. Yeah, stay in your place. <laughs> the best leaders are the ones raising up yes. other leaders. And so mentor, recognize the areas where you need to work on leadership of your mentor interactions, of coming in with a plan, mm-hmm. of providing the leadership that that kid's n- kid needs, the direction, mm-hmm. the guidance within the activities that you're doing, but then also recognize how much you're calling them to be a leader. And it could just be as simple and practical as saying, hey, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. I, I think that your words matter. Kids are going to pick up what you're calling them into. Mm-hmm. But they have to see it in you as well. Calling mm-hmm. them a leader doesn't mean that you're not a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't rob you of of that title. Yeah. Yeah. The last one, number five, give respect. Yeah. So I, I kind of like this. Take responsibility, give respect. Mm-hmm. So, and those are countercultural, like, because in, in most environments, we would say this, like, you got to earn my respect. Mm. Like, you don't get my respect, you earn it. Yeah. But I think, I think really, when it comes down to it, like, true godly character is giving respect, not just earning it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it's kind of like, I mean, I hate to go back to him, but the J-Man, Jesus Christ, um, <laughs> he shows up and he's not looking to be respected. Yeah. He's looking to affirm, honor, mm-hmm. and and build others up yeah. by lowering himself, mm-hmm. being humble. 
yeah. and giving them the respect and dignity that they deserve mm-hmm. because they were created in his image, mm-hmm. which that's a beautiful thing to think about that Jesus is looking at these people made in his image and that informs and influences how he sees them. Yeah. Like he sees the true them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see what's on the outside. He sees the heart. He sees what he made. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we give people respect, we're seeing and honoring who they truly are, mm-hmm. not just the externals or, or those things. So what does that look like? Focusing and listening. Yeah. Like the best way to honor someone is to give them your attention. Mm. Yeah. And the only way you can give them your attention is to give them your time. Mm. Time is your, I mean, I guess most depreciating resource, but it's also, it, it, it is like your, your greatest offering to the world is what you're giving your time to. Mm. And so obviously mentors, you paying attention to your mentee is the way that you give them respect. Yeah. And then as you model that, that's how they learn to give you respect. Mm-hmm. And so we're teaching them how to give respect. And so if they're not paying attention to you, you need to give them a redo, like Beth mm-hmm. said. Like, hey, let's redo this. Yeah. Listen to me. And as you do that, you're helping them to develop memory. And so maybe you could speak to them. I, I, w- I don't really encourage preaching to children. <laughs> but if you give a pause and say, hey, repeat back to me what I just said mm-hmm. and help them practice focus and listening, I think that's going to really pay off in the end, mm. as well as help you to recognize how much they're not doing it. Yeah. And we just good. assume that we taught them something and they know it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The crazy thing that I'm just thinking about with all of this is we talked about with kids, it's hard for them to see the incentive of this. All of this feels like something they're having to give up and they're like, what's in it for me? But it's just so interesting when you look at the way Jesus like set up his kingdom and the way his the currency of the kingdom operates in that like when we give respect and we show humility and like we do these hard things there is immense value given back to us things that are intangibly valuable and like when we give respect all of a sudden we we do earn more responsibility we do get put in positions of greater leadership Um, and so these all just really tie together And I think the more maybe a kid isn't going to be able to put words to that, but they will see how, okay, all of a sudden when I started doing this, my teachers are looking at me different. My mom is so much more like there's more life in her whenever I'm around. Like there's going to, they're going to be able to see the effect of it in their life, even if they can't put words to it. Well, mentors, here are just five practicals once again. Take responsibility. Be humble. Build integrity. Be a leader. Give respect. So find find a practical, practical way to model these in your mentor relationship. So we're calling you to the, this standard. And then identify ways to teach and practice these things to your mentee based off of their age and skill level and maturity level. But we just know that If we get these foundational life skills down, all other competencies and ways to improve and develop will be available to the kid you're mentoring. And so grace to you in building a foundation for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening.